Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. Alan Frew is known worldwide as a multi-platform selling artist with iconic Canadian band Glass Tiger. Author of the best-selling book, The Action Sandwich, Alan has picked up a number of awards, including five Canadian Junos, a Grammy nomination, five Canadian Classic Awards, a Queen's Diamond Jubilee Award, and has sold an incredible seven million albums worldwide. If that isn't enough, Alan is also a public speaker, a painter, a shoe salesman, a factory worker, a registered nurse, and a podcaster. And, dare I say, in his own words, a survivor. We'll find out more about that. An incredible CV, Alan. I'm absolutely humbled, sir, to be in your presence. I followed you and and the band for many, many years. We all love you. And this is a real treat to be chatting to you today. I note that you're a podcaster, so please don't judge me. Uh, but Alan Frew, welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Sandro, it's an absolute pleasure. And, and uh, to hear that you, you actually know who I am <laughs> and you've been following me for several years, that's, it's humbling. Thank you. Don't forget me when I'm gone. It's always being played in this house. Um, so, yeah. We, uh, we, we all love I told, you. I told, I told a great story last night. The, the first time I ever met Paul McCartney, the first thing he ever, the first words that ever came out of his mouth was, he went, don't forget me when I'm gone. And that was, it made my life. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm with Paul on that one. Um, you're, Alan, you're quoted as saying, I, I'm not quite sure actually how we're going to do this in 30 minutes, but I'll, I'll do my very best. You're, you're quoted as saying, I think, that you've lived a thousand lifetimes. What, is, what does that mean? We normally ask our, guests to introduce themselves but of course everyone knows you so um what what does that what does that mean to you well it's a very personal thing obviously i'm sure there's others uh that have been through uh more hardship than i have there's always someone who faces challenges even uh harder than than you think you have but um you know most most musicians that i've ever interacted with most of them got the love of music and that was it. They picked up a guitar or they got behind a piano and that's it, right? For me, it was, uh, you know, music was somewhere down the road. I, I well, I said, I, I've, I've, I've been a shoe salesman. I've been a clothing salesman. I, I uh, what, what the hell else have I done? I worked in, a, in two different factories cutting metal tubes uh, I kind of stumbled into uh, my first band uh, and then I, I, I starved with that one and I gave that one up and decided I wanted to be a doctor, but that was a bit beyond me. So I ended up, what did I do? I became an orderly working in a hospital. I took a job in autopsies. I was a pathologist assistant for, for four years. Uh, and, then, and then I went and took my RN and became a, a registered nurse stumbled into another band, was a single parent raising my son with custody of my son in college, studying to be an RN, doing autopsies on the side and singing in pubs at night. Um, and, and so I just kind of summed it all up by saying, 
wow, you know, I've lived a thousand lifetimes, you know. You are the first person who has ever said he did autopsies on the side. <laughs> I've, I've chatted to 200 people, Alan. <laughs> You're the first person that's not only been involved in that kind of, uh, m- m- let's call it medicine, um, but um, cer- certainly no one's ever done it on the side. That's absolutely great. Uh, <laughs> um, now you, um, you know, you to quote your words from from that very kind introduction. Uh, you starved with your first band. Uh, you had aspirations to be a doctor, didn't quite make it. Single parent. Um, you know, I've been in a similar situation uh, for a period of time, so I know how difficult that is. How on earth do you? How on earth do you keep going? Because we have many people from all around the world to the, uh, listening to this podcast, Alan, and probably we get more questions around that kind of sense of picking yourself back up when something goes wrong. How, how have you found that, that resilience and that determination to keep going? Because we'll, we'll talk about the action sandwich in a minute, so let's not give too much away. But, uh, you know, is it, is it something that's innate? Is it within you? Is it something you had to kind of discover? Was there a lot of pain along the way? How, how, did, you, how did you end up where you've ended up? Well, as you know, and maybe your viewers don't yet, but, uh, you know, my survival skills were put to the ultimate test in 2015 when I suffered a stroke and I was uh, completely paralyzed on my right side for several days. And then I had uh, an uphill battle to come back. But typical me, uh, as as a paralyzed patient, uh, still in rehab, I booked two gigs. <laughs> I booked two gigs uh, nine months ahead, and they sold out. And I think I think they sold out primarily because people were like, "Or oh, you know, he's had a stroke. Let's just see if he can make it." Uh, and uh, and a couple of years ago, I have this condition because of my stroke, where at times uh, I've, I've I've passed out, and uh, I passed out and I broke my neck. Uh, in two places, I had major operation on my neck 10, 10 days before going on a national tour across Canada. So I just think for me, it's innate. It, it's something that came as survival skills of the streets. I was a wee boy in an incredibly violent, uh, tough surroundings, raised in a wee town just outside of Glasgow called Cope Bridge. And to show, to show you how how tough Cope Bridge was, people from Glasgow didn't come to Cope Bridge. <laughs> they were too scared. So that showed you how tough it was. And, uh, and, and just that kind of, that real kind of working class upbringing, watching my dad get up and go to work every morning, no matter how he was feeling. Uh, I don't know if you can teach that kind of stuff. You and I could get into it in more detail cerebrally, but, uh, I think it has to come, you know, from the heart. It really does. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about your incredible music career. I mean, in the introduction, I, I don't need to go over all that again because it speaks for itself. But I do want to talk, because we've only got a limited amount of time, I do want to talk about The Action Sandwich. Um, you know, this, this incredible book you've written. Uh, what are the basic principles, Alan, that, uh, that you talk about in The Action Sandwich? Well, it's a book based on some simple principles that I know, actually, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, the, the never given up attitude. I, I think these principles are the foundations of that. And 
it's based on the idea of, of uh, receptivity, being receptive to outside stimuli, outside ideas, uh, outside notions, and, and we can talk a little bit about that. It's based on having the desire, um, uh, uh, the belief system, for some people, belief is a higher power or whatever. For me, it's just, again, it's an innate, an, an innate uh, principle that says, I believe I'm worthy enough to go after whatever it is I'm going after. The power of intention, which is very interesting. It's a, a very much uh, a sort of cerebral uh, uh, notion. Uh, the simplest one, taking action, I described it as making yourself a sandwich. If you do not get up off your ass and actually make the sandwich, you won't eat. And then, and then smothering it all in passion. I'm a very passionate human being, as you can maybe tell already. Uh, and, and if you don't love it, if, it's not, if you're not passionate about it, you don't love it, don't do it. How many people are miserable? Because, and, 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 and don't get me wrong, I understand the need to put food on the table uh, and pay the bills. And many people do that in situations that they are unhappy about. But even within that, there's a way to use these principles to try and either get out of it, which would be the ultimate, or certainly distract, distract from it to at least bring some pleasure into the other side of your life. Well, we'll talk about um, some of those in, in a moment, but uh, the word I keep seeing that everyone associates with you, and it's a word that you repeat many times in, you know, your biographies and, and the stuff that I read online, is this word communicator. Um, and this whole notion of human connection. When you talk of human connection, Alan, what do you, what do you mean by that? This whole, this whole thing around communication, why is it important to you? What, what, what's, um, what's been its importance to you in your life? Well, I, I, again, you know, what is it without communication, right? You know, um, but for me, it goes back to my childhood again and how my communication skills for survival were incredibly powerful. I'm a small, I'm a guy of small stature. I'm in an incredibly violent surrounding with, fueled with alcoholism and, and hooliganism and all these things. And I had to learn to use uh, my, my brain and, and my communication skills very early on as, as a survival method. And so I became a leader of guys who could have put me physically in the back pocket. But suddenly I was guiding and teaching and leading. So, but then I go through many years of... Uh, those things that we talked about until music comes along. And for a long time, I sort of let myself be defined as Alan Frew of Glass Tiger, Alan Frew, the singer songwriter. And there was something just not sitting right with me that way. And it took until I was about 50 years of age to suddenly realize the pleasure I get like the pleasure I'm getting in this podcast right now with you and I communicating, knowing that others may listen to this, knowing that others may walk away with some level of, ah, you know, I, I'm going to try that. Or, or when I'm on stage and I'm singing and I realize that the real, the real pleasure comes from knowing that, that they are getting great pleasure from my, I could go up there with a sore throat or maybe a bit grumpy and, 
but I'm out there and, and I realize that it's the communication of it that's given the pleasure to others, which sounds a bit lofty, but, but it's the truth. So I, when I'm painting, I'm, getting, I'm having as much pleasure painting knowing that when I, when it's sent out there into the world, that it gives joy and happiness to others, then it's a communication skill. And so I define myself around about the age of 50 as a communicator. You can't define me as a painter or a singer or an entertainer. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a communicator. That's it. I, I love that, Alan, because, you know, it's true to say that I think the more the more well-known somebody is in their respective field, uh, the more they kind of get boxed off. And as you rightly said, it's, it's Alan Frew of Glass Tiger and everyone knows you for that. But um, and, and this is the beauty of this podcast. And I think the reason it's become relatively successful, listened to by, you know, way too many people for me to comprehend all around the world is the fact that people get to kind of peel back a few layers of the onion skin and they suddenly think, actually, no, this guy's a painter and he's, and he and he's a philanthropist and he helps people and he's and he speaks he's written this incredible book and um and i think you've summarized it beautifully but it's the the power of being able to add something to the lives of others that has you know inspired you throughout you know your your career your your entire life um just just taking one step back to the to the action sandwich um again we get a lot of to use your word alan intention we get a lot of very well intended listeners and they they contact us and they say I meant to do this, or I had a goal to do that, or I was going to do this, that, the other, uh, but I can't understand why I haven't done it yet. <laughs> um, so um, with regard to, uh, with that in mind, and, and the whole action piece, how do you move from intention to action without giving too much of the book away? Well, if you don't mind, if I can, you have to sort of look at what's just prior to intention, if I may. Um, and I'll, I'll make it as fast as I can. You know, when I was trying to launch the principles within my book, the, the word that kept coming to mind was knowledge. I kept thinking, you have to have knowledge to, to move forward. You have to know uh, what it is. And ironically, that's not necessarily true. You don't have to know what's under the hood of the car to actually turn the key and put it in drive and drive it, right? So I searched for that word. And uh, I, I thought back to a night when uh, I was watching a, a, an important hockey game here in Canada between the Toronto Maple Leafs and Montreal Canadiens, which is a big deal. And my mum said, there's five scruffy guys at the door. And I said, well, tell them to piss off. And she said, no, they won't, they won't leave. And I get to the front door and they want to know, do I want to join a, a rock and roll band? And that's the moment of, that's the defining moment right there. But it was the wackiest idea in the world because I had no intention on being a, 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 in a rock band. But I, I was receptive to this idea. So when I was a boy, receptivity was sort of thought of as education. But it's not. It, you, it's, it's instantaneously uh, attaching to an idea, a notion. Now, where the great skill comes in after years of it is receptivity with selectivity. And many people haven't figured that part out yet. 
they're just receptive to everything and anything. And before they know it, they're all over the map. And that's why usually you end up saying, well, I haven't done it yet. And then really quickly, this idea of belief and human uh, connection being a communicator, without getting into it, I'm a, I'm a non-believer of higher powers and, and, and whatnot. But I get along very well with those who are, because sometimes we cross over. To me, uh, the idea of human communication is sort of godlike in its way. Um, without it, we, we're, we're useless. And it's where all great energy and ideas come. You and I right now, this communication between us to your 100,000 listeners, that to me is, is godlike in nature. That's the, the spirit of the energy of it all. Uh, that's, that's my take on it. Uh, desire, you know, there was a great line one time that hope is desire with an expectation of accomplishment. I kind of, I'm not a big believer in hope. I find hope kind of wishy-washy at best. You and I sit here and we go, oh, I hope those poor people are okay. Oh, I hope the survivors of the tsunami get some food in their bellies. Well, come on, I'm not sure. If there's not, if there's not a first responders in there actually digging them out, it, it isn't happening. And then we get to intention. Only then can we... Uh, and, and, and intention is sort of where the godlike entity can, for other people, the higher power can cross over because I'm a great believer that what you send out, what you give off is who you believe. If I tell you I'm this, that's, well, that's what you believe. And bigger yet, that's what the universe believes. So here comes this power of communication again. If you say to me, Alan, I hear you're a singer. Are you any good? If I say to you, you know, Sandron, I'm not bad. I'm okay. You carry that energy with you so that other people say, hey, I'm looking for a singer. Uh, I'm looking for this guy. Um, what about this Alan Frew guy? Well, you give off that energy. You say, eh, he's okay, which, which then tends to they go off and look for Brian Adams, right? But if you say to me, are you any good? And I say, good. I'm the best. I'm the best that ever came out of Scotland. And you believe that and you carry that energy with you. And the chances are good that, I mean, the reason, if I'm not mistaken, that we're doing this podcast today is that someone's energy through my intention was carried to you. And they said to you, you should get this Alan Frew character on your podcast. That is the classic case of the power of intention and communication at its best. And then, of course, action. It's just, it's obvious. You've got to be empowered or you'll get nowhere. Yeah, I, I, brilliant. Brilliantly done. I, I have to say that, you know, you think about these people who make New Year's resolutions. I mean, I know we all have news at different times, depending where you are in the world. But, you know, this, this intention to do something not receptive uh, and you get to the end of the year and the little voice on your shoulder just simply tells you to kick the can down the road. Don't worry, Alan, there's always next year. And then, of course, you look back over a life not particularly well lived with a great deal of regret. And, and you are the antithesis of that because, you know, everything that you've turned your mind to, you've done. And um, on another occasion, I'd love to have a conversation with you about the, uh, the five scruffy guys at the door and, and, and kind of what, what happened next. And, and, and just if I may, 
I'll take this opportunity to check in with you, Alan, and say you're doing very, very well on this podcast today because for all the listeners out there, Alan had a bit of a heavy night last night. So you're doing very, you're doing very, very well. You know, Andrew, if, can I say something? Just look, you know, I made that little flippant comment about Paul, Paul McCartney. Now, I grew up on the Beatles. The Beatles were everything to me. If those five scruffy guys don't come to that door and I don't get up off my arse and actually go to the door, if I tell my mum to chase them away, and when they ask me to join that band, and I, if I don't say, yeah, okay, I'll come to, I'll come to re, uh, an audition, a rehearsal, I don't meet Paul McCartney. It never happens. But think of that journey to Paul McCartney. It's mind-blowing. You and I could sit here for hours discussing that one. I'm not, I'm not sure how factual it is, but I mean, a similar story with, with Freddie Mercury and Queen of course. So, um, you know, I, I think everything you've just said is articulated beautifully and, and resonates with, with an awful lot of people. This, this creative spark you've clearly got, you know, you can't be a singer-songwriter and a, and a painter and, and all the other things you've done and, and, and doing autopsies on the side, unless you're creative. Um, what, what inspired, you know, all these hit songs? Well, see, again, I'm a, I'm a sort of journeyman when it comes to uh, songwriting. I only write songs when I need to, <laughs> you know? I'm not one of those inspired artists that runs about with, like, my pen in my hand looking for those moments. Oh, that tree fell. Uh, oh, uh, you know, uh, there's a, a story about Bono was apparently on an airplane and it was zapped by lightning and Sophia Loren was on and, and Bono says, that was God just taking a photograph. You know, I, 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 I'm, you know, that's a wee bit, that's over my head. But I love, I love writing. I love creating. And so I get inspired again by, by people and emotions and sort of what am I looking for? So, I mean, a classic example is over here in Canada, as the opening ceremonies of the, uh, the Winter Olympics start, I wrote a song 10 years ago that was the, the, the poster child for the Winter Olympics called I Believe. It was a massive, massive copyright, massive song. But it came because of, uh, again, human connection. I've often, uh, I, I can't put you through it all, but I, I talk about if I hadn't been friends with a comedian, John Candy, I would never have written I Believe. And that's a long story, but that people can muse on that one. But I, I wrote the song out of necessity because people said, Alan, can you? I said, well, of course I can. But I've never, I've never scored in my life. So I had to figure it out and find a composer and then work from there and, and, the, and the rest is history. So my, my, now if you want me to actually break it down, once I'm actually writing, I'll, I tend to just emote without thinking and then I go back as a listener and try and discover what, I, what kind of situation I was in and why I wrote that particular song. But at the actual moment of doing it, I tend to just be one of those people that just emotes. Just thinking about your friendship with John Candy, you could have been Steve Martin's double in uh, Planes, Trains and Automobiles. <laughs> what, 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 brought you to, uh, what brought you to Canada, Alan? Uh, you know, another great story. I, um, so in the book, I talk about being a wee boy whose, whose older brother had gone to Canada 
And I kept telling everybody I was going to Canada, I'm going to Canada. Nobody believed me. I kept writing it in my diary. My father had no intention on us coming to Canada. Uh, people started calling me a liar and that I was crazy. But I kept scoring it out in my diary and rewriting a date in. And I, people used to come to the house to buy. A guy would knock on the door and my dad would answer. And a guy would say, yeah, I'm here to buy your couch. And my dad would say, what the hell are you buying my couch for? I'm not selling my couch. And they would say, well, your son says you're selling all your furniture because you're going to Canada. And my dad would go crazy. There was a guy digging her hedges up in the front garden. And my dad came out for work. What are you doing? He said, well, I'm digging your hedges up. My dad says, I can see that. He said, well, I'm, I'm going to keep them and I'll sell the others. My dad would say, Alan, Alan. And this went on and on and on until I had my dad one night in the kitchen screaming at, at my mother, not at her, but he was, he was emoting his anger because he'd been laid off. They, they laid him off with not even a handshake. And he was in his 50s and nowhere to turn. And then I heard them saying, oh, well, well, we're going. And I said, where are we going, Dad? He said, we're going to Canada. And, uh, you know, there's, there's the power of intention right there. I just wouldn't be there. And so as a 54-year-old man with a few hundred pounds in his pocket, he moved us to Canada, and that was it. That is amazing. And, and there's the Alan Through belief system right there, the, the belief system you talked about a little bit earlier on. How do... Um, I, I want to just ask you this question as well, because I think that, you know, your CV speaks for itself. You've written this book and everything you've said so far, Alan, kind of begs me to ask you this question. How, how do we, as a society, as listeners to this podcast, how do we become better communicators? Where do we start in this process that you, that you talk about? Well, I would think, um, like anything else, I, I, I think it's a learned skill. I mean, most of us dodge, dodge uh, situations uh, out of fear. And the two things, the two things that uh, sort of create most of our fear are fear of change, you know, situations changing. I can't tell you how many people I know in life that, that uh, are willing to just go along with a pack because they're so fearful of change. And the other is fear of rejection. You know, I tell people to ask for what they want. But as we go, you, you know, look at children. Children ask, like little Johnny will go to mum and ask. She says no. They go to dad. He says no. Go to grandpa. Keep going. Around. And finally, one of them goes off oh, for Christ's sake. There you go. And, and they give it up. Uh, but we lose that skill. Um, so I, I, I think you, like anything else, you have to practice it. And, 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 you know, instead of diving in and doing a podcast like this, you might, uh, you might start by, by asking yourself, you know, what it is you want to achieve. You know, people have a, a strange notion about what success really is. You know, when I was a boy and, and probably even today, so many people think success is money and cars and houses when They've, they've lost touch with success on their own terms. Like success to you can be so different than what success is to me. And if people can just understand that, like success might just be trying to get the clutter out of your life. I did a thing the other day uh, whereby I felt incredibly successful. And you know what I did? I 
purged and erased 2,700 emails from my phone. And I thought I'd, I thought I'd won a prize because I was incredibly successful that day. That was a big deal to me because I'd loved those things about, I look at my phone now and that little thing and it says 16. I have 16 emails on my phone. And, and what a success story that is. So, so coming to terms with you know, what success is for you, what it is you're after, and then sort of practicing the communication skills that go along with that. And it can be a very, very simple process. Find that one person. Maybe it's someone that you haven't spoken to or connected with in years. Maybe it's asking a question of someone who has what you desire. Like, like I talk about that in the book. I, I, have a, I have a dear friend now, a dear friend. We've written great songs together because out of the blue, he asked my manager if he could write a song with me. Now, yes, we vetted him because I needed to, you know, uh, but we, we discovered who he was. And I went down to Florida and I stayed at his home and I wrote a song with him. And he's now a dear friend because he asked, he asked the question. He used those simple communication skills. But I doubt very much he would want to be a public speaker and go out in front. But he took that moment and asked a very powerful question. So it can be that simple. What, really what's, simple. what's next, Alan? What's next for you? I mean, you're, you're still a young man in relative terms, aren't you? Um, you know, putting, putting aside the, the, the effects of the stroke, and, but, you know, is there another album coming? Are you going to go on a worldwide speaking tour and share your wisdom? What, what are you going to do next? Well, I certainly have uh, thought about getting back. I was about to step into the public speaking arena again. I was in Las Vegas, actually working on uh, some plans to physically get out there and do some public speaking when COVID hit. So, uh, and I've been doing uh, stuff like this uh, online. So I'm definitely interested in getting my toe wet and getting back into the arena. I'm involved in a project. I can't talk too much about it, but I was receptive to an incredibly wacky idea as far as I was concerned, because I know nothing about technology, really nothing about technology, but I was receptive to a very wacky idea that, that told me that I was witnessing what it must have been like to be a fly on the wall at the beginnings of Apple or the beginnings of Microsoft or the beginnings of Facebook or Google. And I'm watching it develop in front of my eyes and it's knocking on the door of cracking the code and if it does, it'll be a tremendous success, tremendous. And uh, I'll, I'll feel very proud of myself that I was receptive to this idea. So I'm working heavily on that. And, uh, and uh, I hear that the life is going to open up a little bit and Glass Tiger is going to get to follow through on, on, on some touring. Uh, and again, not to bore the listeners, but I've been receptive to this other musical idea that I have a meeting on next week that's as far removed uh, as known me for Glass Tiger uh, as you could possibly get. And we'll see if, if that comes to fruition. So I'm, I'm a busy boy. You are a busy boy. Well done. Well done. Um, practice what you preach. That's what we love. Um, two quick questions, Alan. The first one is, um, how do those that would love to connect with you in some way, 
uh, would they find you on social media? Do you have a website? Can they, you know, does Glass Tiger have a website? Of course, I know the answer to all these questions, but some of the people out there would rather you tell them than go searching. So where would they best find you? The, 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 I'm very active on socials. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. And I interact uh, with as many as I can on a daily basis. I chat with people. At my podcast I do on Instagram most Sundays came about because I saw a button on Instagram that said live. And I hit it. <laughs> and I ended up chatting with a wee woman in Manchester during COVID. And I said, how are you doing, love? And she said, I'm okay, son. She had a clue who I was. And I said, how are you, how are you holding up? She goes, I'm really good. And, I, and we chatted. And a couple of people saw Alan Frew live on Instagram. So they followed. And before you know it, I got a wee podcast like you've got. Not nearly as many followers. but uh, So they can find me on Instagram and Facebook. And, and a little bit on Twitter, and I interact with them. I do have a website that's uh, Alan Through World, alanfrewworld.com, um, and that's about it, really. Well, if if all your listeners jump in number and they fall for me, I'll know that they've all jumped ship and come across to you. <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna listen out for you, Alan. I'm definitely going to uh, listen with with uh, great interest in terms of what you're doing. Final question: Time is against the god. I could I could have this conversation with you all day. Uh, and we could talk about belief systems and and the book I wrote and the synergies between you and I. It's scary some of the things that we um, that we think about and and that we believe in and and the mantras that we follow. But in terms of mantras, if a younger version of Alan Frew were to come up to Alan Frew Senior and say, uh, and, and forgive me for using the word senior, but you know what I mean. Um, but if they were to come up to you and say, uh, you know, this this extraordinary life, a thousand lives lived. Uh, but if there were a there were a way of kind of bottling all that and and giving me a a mantra uh, a, a kind of rule to live by that that was that transcended all the other rules of life, um, maybe one particular thing out of the action sandwich or whatever. What would it be, Alan? Uh, there is not a single doubt in my mind when you and I uh, chatted and and uh, earlier before we went online, it, it hit me immediately. And it's, uh, it's how I want to be remembered. And I try my best to pass this sentiment on to my teenage daughter. I would say, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you witness in the world, if you could only ever be one thing and be remembered for that, for me, it would be to be kind. That's it. I love that. That's, that's a brilliant answer. We've had lots and lots of uh, answers over the years. That's, that's right up there with the best of them. And I think that is, if you don't mind me saying this, because you're a, uh, a very modest man by all accounts, um, I think that just about sums up the human being that you are. So, Alan Frew, thank you very much for joining us on the Sandro Forte podcast. It, it's been inspirational. Um, and, I, and I do hope we can maintain this connection because uh, you, are, you, are a, you are a special human being, honestly. Thank you, Sandro. And, and, and uh, I, it was a real pleasure. And I'd love to stay in touch. Absolutely. Um, and, well... What can I say? Alan Frew, remarkable man, wonderful human being. Hopefully you got as much from today's podcast as I did. Though difficult to follow, we do have a new guest joining us next week to share their insights like Alan's done into achieving success, whatever that might be, or overcoming life's challenges. Please make sure you subscribe, tell your friends, your family, follow us on social media, and make sure you follow Alan and have a little listen to his Instagram 
podcast as well. If you'd like to email us with a question, it's hello at sandraspodcast.com. You know that by now. And if you want to reach out to Alan with a question, that's fine too. Finally, do connect with me. It's at Sandro40 on Twitter and the real Sandro40 on Instagram. Uh, until this time next week, um, as I say, very, very big shoes to follow. But to Alan Frew, thank you very much once again. To all of you for listening from wherever you are in the world. Until this time next week, bye for now.